With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates sweep their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, the sports veterans and great. The four for 26, so the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room for the 600th time. Brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brothers. At least I will be, because right now I'm at the War Room Roundtable by myself. But Jimmy the Blueprint and B. Austin, you know, they got to make their... You know, they they, they got to be dramatic this evening here, you know, because this is our 600 episodes. They got to make an entrance. So we're kind of long in the tooth around these parts. So once again, it's time to bust it up again with your guys in the greatest man cave in the history of the earth. That man cave is the war room. You guys know by now you can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room on at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-412-0012. And before, you know, everybody gets comfortable and everybody comes on, man, I'm going to remind you guys now that before we get started, uh, whether you're with us live or not, at any time on demand, you can check out archive episodes of our show. And like I said, this is show number 600, so there's a lot of episodes in the archive. And you can also do that with all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. There's never, ever an excuse to miss an episode, so make sure you do not miss an episode. Uh, we got great shows on the network. Uh, of course, we got our show, The War Room. We got After Further Review with the Mayor, The Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris. They've been with us for a very long time. Of course, if you're a hip-hop fan, Tissue in the Tape, hip-hop podcast with Philmatic 365 and Davis Backwards. Uh, if you're a TV movie junkie, we got On the Couch with the Wilsons. If you love food, <laughs> we got John Appetit with the Burtons. And uh, take a listen to our latest podcast which is called superstars it's a philly podcast with biggie h and soup so make sure you check all that out on the war room sports podcast network and everywhere you can hear the war room sports podcast network and that's on all the major podcasting platforms what up b what's going on man happy 600th man man 600 in 
And then I lot. can't wait till we do the Netflix home. And the crazy part is, you know, that's that's just the flagship show. I mean, we got episodes upon episodes of other podcasts that we've done, uh, stuff we've done on the on the Warren Sports TV channel. Yo, <laughs> shout out to Skyview. Good a lot Six hundred. Y'all be talking. Yeah, we. That's a lot of that's a lot of words being said. Six hundred of these and about three hundred more of everything else put together. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of yapping, man. A lot of yipping in the in the yapping. In. <laughs> All right, so B is having some issues with his uh, his microphone, but he'll be back in a minute. Um, but look, everybody, before we we do get started, of course, before we get into these hot topics for today, gotta let you know that hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. War Room family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked them out, then it's time to go ahead and check them out and place a bet. You can lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.ag. Not .com, not .net, MyBookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money. You get it fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after Debo takes the Rams' bike. Join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all one word, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. A.B., um, yo, you heard about this, you know, the latest rapper to get gunned down. The boy Young Dolph got murdered in Memphis. Um, when he was just in a store trying to get a grub or something like that. You heard about this? Yeah, man. It's it's sad and um internet works fast. So of course the, the young Dolph supporters, interestingly enough, are sharing a lot of the positives about his life, you know, things that I would have no clue about because I don't listen to the man's music. I must say he I wouldn't have no, I wouldn't have no clue about things like his music. <laughs> I'm not familiar with his body work. Yeah. I'm not familiar with his body of work either, but he owned a hundred pieces of property around Memphis. Um, He had his own company going, his own record label and distribution arm. Um, He he had a lot of positive things that people are pointing to. The content of his music was kind of negative, man. And, And I don't, I don't say that to cast in the aspersions, or to be too judgy, as you know, we've grown up listening to a certain type of hip-hop or rap music, but I don't know, man, at, at this age, and, and maybe I'm an old gray beard at this point, like, I'm tired of hearing about rappers and these young dudes dying, which Dolph, by the way, wasn't really that young. I always associated him with young, maybe because of his name and the type of music he did, but he was 36. Like, he wasn't no spring chicken either. Get out the hood, yeah. y'all. Yeah, like I said, I'm not familiar with his body of work, but you know, once people die, you know, they become martyrs, especially on social media. Um, but you, but you're right. Social media does work quick, though, because if you look at like the IG posts surrounding him dying, I mean, people are out there, you know, basically with dudes still laying there dead in the in the window of the store. So. 
it's crazy these days. You know, anybody can become a reporter, and we're we don't have FCC guidelines to stand by when you're just out there with your cell phone reporting on your own. And um, uh, shout out to to the blueprint. Uh, I forgot Jimmy was traveling. Jimmy's not gonna be on with us tonight. Um, he might call in though just to give his quick thoughts on episode number six hundred. But he is uh. Yeah, he is in the middle of a travel day. He was actually down your end, B. Austin, for a few days. But, um, yeah, rest in peace to young Dolph, man. I'm not really, you know, like I said, I'm not familiar with his music or, or anything of that matter, but this is just something that you we don't want to see, you know, another young brother gunned down in the streets. Um, I don't know what he was into, you know, what cause this type of thing um i heard just this past week your man soldier boy was you know talking about he had beef with Dolph while he was on the breakfast club but you know i'm not implying nothing i don't i don't believe young draco when he be talking about all the stuff all the work he put in but um rest in peace to this dude man <laughs> skyview i feel you i mean i do but I know a lot of people don't. Scott was like, I do not know any Nipsey Hustle music to this day. Um, I only used to become a super duper star after you die. Like, and I mess with Nipsey just for the stuff that, more so for the stuff that he did in the community. But, it, yeah, it's a lot of people that's, you know, putting Nipsey up there with, like, Big and Pac. Yo. And ba- ba- like, based on... Based on what of what I know of you, my brother, um, Nip- Nipsey's catalog would you would find entertaining and of some well, value. I, was, I, I was think Young Dolph. Skyview said I, he don't know any Nipsey also. Oh, yo, he's tripping. I think Young Dolph made nursery rhymes with gang gang signs and butter knives and gun gun bars. No, I was I was just I was explaining to him that I understand what he's saying though, because there's a lot of people out there after Nipsey died who act you know, acting like they were great Nipsey hustle hustle fans all along. And you know, that's just not true. A lot of people just jumped on that wave because he was the next person to be, you know, martyred out in these streets. But rest in peace to the to the to the young Dolph, homie. Um, you know, tired of seeing stuff like this happening, but all right, man, let's get into what's happening in our world, world of sports. Your man, Cam Newton is back in Carolina. Um, he played, uh, uh, he played a decent role last week in Carolina's win. Um, but I think it's one of those things that's kind of getting overblown. He didn't start the game. Um, word is he will be the starter this week. But what they did do was bring him in when they were down, you know, inside the two and stuff like that. I mean, because, you know, his value was always down there, QB sneak, QB draw, something like that. So on his first play at the two-yard line, he ended up uh, scoring on a QB run, and then they put him back in the next time they got to the two-yard line and he threw a two-yard touchdown pass. So he's screaming. I don't know if you saw the game or saw the highlights, B, but, you know, after the after he ran the touchdown in from two yards out on his first play of the game, he's screaming in the camera, I'm back. 
um, like he drove him down 90 yards or something. Um, <laughs> where do you think their chances are to get back into the playoff race because they have Cam Newton? Um, there are no chances. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the reality, right? So I think that they have a pretty good defense. Um, I think they have some very nice offensive pieces. I think the guy that they put money on to actually come and be their quarterback who's now injured, yo, Sam Darnold is a piece of poop. And like a, float, a floating piece of poop. And him is better than a floating piece of poop. So and they, I, I think he ends he? up – I, I don't think he's hurt. <laughs> is he? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think – I. you know me. I've never been the biggest Cameron Fig Newton fan. I know, um, but you but you used to say that like when Bo was winning the MVP and stuff like that. Like, have you seen Cam over the last couple years? <laughs> like, he's far from MVP Cam. So yeah, you know, if you weren't a yeah. fan then, he might just be a floating piece of poop to you at this point. I mean, he was without a job for the first ten weeks of the NFL season. Um, so, they're so sitting at five the and benefit, five. The benefit right of now. the doubt, the benefit of the doubt that I extend him was pre-COVID. Cam in New England was okay. He was pretty. He was he was he was decent. He was better than Sam Donald. It ain't hard to be better than Sam Donald. Like Sam Donald was playing absolutely terrible, and they still were in a position to be considered a fringe playoff team. I'm going to give Cam the benefit to say that his level of play will be higher than that of Sam Donald. That ain't hard to be in here, but still. Uh, that's that's where I place him. Does he does he get them to be a contender? Yeah, no. Seven seed, six seed. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold. I mean, I I I don't disagree. Sam. I mean, Sam Darnold looked okay at the very beginning of the season, and then it just turned into what it turned into. Um. I don't know if any of that, I mean, because it, I don't know if it coincided with them losing McCaffrey for several weeks. Um, but yeah, Sam Donald just doesn't seem to be it. Um, well, well that's a great, that's spot. a great point. That's a great point to bring up. McCaffrey is by far the best offensive weapon they have with Cam or without, like, there ain't no question. This is McCaffrey should be featured. They need to play defense and run the ball. That's how they. That's how they're a winning team. It's not on. It's not on Cam's arm. It's not on Donald's arm. It's not run the ball, play defense, make some throws to move the chains. That's it. They're they're going to be an old school, boring type of football team. But that's how they'll meet with some level of success. Yeah. So Cam, you know, he he's doing his Superman thing. Um, he was screaming into the cameras. He even had a press conference this week. Um, he's actually giving out – he's trying to hype the city back up. He's giving out 50 tickets to his first game back at Bank of America Stadium this weekend, um, saying we got to bring, you know, the the feeling back here. So he, he, he's talking a big game. Um, last week he did – he went three for four for eight yards and one touchdown, and he rushed three times for 14 yards and a touchdown. So – 
you know, they, they bring you in on these situations where you need two yards to get a touchdown. It's it's never been easy to stop Cam from getting a two-yard touchdown. But for me, I'm thinking, like, I don't want Cam to get too ahead of himself, and then he got to come out here and play a whole game with this offense that's already not that talented, even though he has McCaffrey back. Um, and then, you know, come out there and, and play Darnold-like. So I'm thinking – he should probably approach this in a different manner, but that's just not Cam. So we'll see how it goes because <laughs> he hype as hell after throwing for eight yards. Oh, so. I see your angle. Be humble, young man. Be humble. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. To your point, that ain't Cam. Cam is going to do the Superman pose, and Cam is going to dance and be the big personality he is. I, I, I want to – and the presser, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's he's being himself. He's being true to himself. He's being true to himself. The BPs are excited. Oh, yeah. Cam is that Cam is that dude to them. So, so we'll see, man. Like I said, you know, the, the headline is Cam produces two touchdowns on his first two plays. But you know, in them headlines, they don't tell you that he didn't play too many plays. And so it's like, I just don't want the hype train to get away from him. This is for his own good. Like, I don't want the hype train to get away from him. And then the next week, everybody's going to be talking trash about him and calling him all kinds of names and all that kind of stuff. So um, good luck to the homie. I hope he does what he does. Uh, he's given, like I said, he's given out 50 tickets for this Carolina return. So it's, it's time for him to go to work. Like he, the the expectations are mounting up with every single action. So Cam got to go show and prove. Maybe he will get the feeling back in there. Maybe he'll get that job back. Um, we'll we'll see about that. We will see. All right. Uh, over in NBA news, man. Uh, your man Clay Thompson, his rehab is ratcheting up a little bit. Um. So they're moving him to full contact five-on-five drills. So it seems like uh, Clay might be making his return pretty soon. The crazy part about it is the Warriors are hooping right now. You know, they're they're balling. I mean, I'm not in any way implying that a healthy Thompson, um, I'm not really sure how he's going to play after being off for for so much time, but the Warriors are twelve and two. You know, number one in the power rankings. Probably everybody expected them to be back in the playoff race, like seriously in the playoff race at some point. But I think it was when you know it was the whole yeah when Clay comes back and they're finally healthy and this and that. Clay's not even back yet, and they're twelve and two. Do you think adding Clay back sometime soon? just makes them that much better of a team? Or do you think they may be in jeopardy of messing up the chemistry that they've uh, created a little bit? Um, What's your thoughts on that? I need, to see, I, need, I need to see him play. I need to see him play. He's going to take somebody's minutes. Yeah, he's going to take somebody's minutes. I need to see him play. I need to see where he's at. Damn you, Danny Green. May you not get another NBA job. Um, I so because of what he does offensively, 
shooters shoot, Captain Obvious. Right. So right. I feel like offensively he can probably get back to maybe even 90% of who and what he was. Even if it's not this season, he he can get that. But where Clay's true value was, where Clay's true value was, was defensively, he took the one, two, three, whatever the tough defensive assignment was, he took that and still gave you 20 a night and on some nights was capable of exploding. I don't know that we'll ever see that guy again athletically. I, I, I think Clay is such an offensive talent that, yeah, he can still average 20. He might even be able to go above that. But defensively, with the injury he just had and the time off, I think that's why Andrew Wiggins is so valuable to him. Though he's a wasted piece of floating poop as a number one, maybe even a number two, when you put him in that third star role and ask him if you can do some of what Clay did athletically. So I don't know, man. I don't know. 12-2, and two, I think he comes back at a time where it's just the right window to see what he has and get that chemistry going without ruining the standings or their seating too much. But it, it'll be close, man. It's going to be interesting to see. I think even if he returns, I think it takes him two years to get back to a level. That's that's me. But I I, I want. Yeah, I mean, because remember, he he went through an ACL and an Achilles, you know, and all this time oh. off. Um, but you know, I, the person that's going to suffer the most minutes wise is Jordan Poole, who started all fourteen games so far. He's balling, you know. He's doing a lot of clay type stuff. Um, he can hit the three. He's he's only shooting it at a twenty nine percent clip right now, but that's one of those things where the numbers don't tell you the whole story. Um, he's playing pretty well, averaging 17.1 points per game, 3.3 assists, uh, 1.4 steals, and almost uh, three rebounds. Um, so, yeah, you know, his minutes are going to go from 29 to, you know, he'll still play because I don't think they're just going to throw Clay out there and, and say, you know, go play the minutes that you used to play, yeah. you know, at least not right away. So we'll see. I don't know, um, I don't know bro. I don't what know what you I know this about think, me, but I'm not a fan of fixing things that aren't broke. That's I tough. <laughs> I know. It is tough, but I think it's also going to be a situation where because of how the team is playing, even though he's being cleared for different levels, they're still probably not going to rush him back. They right. probably still want right. to kind of play they this out and see, yeah. see if it's a fluke or if it's going to continue to go this way, and then they're going to have to make decisions as far as the lineup and the rotation when he is ready to play. Because it's, it's Clay Thompson. You, he has to play. I mean, he's not top 75 all time like he thinks he is, but it's still Clay Thompson. You know, he has to get the benefit of the doubt. He has to come back. He has to resume that role, that starting role, and he has to play. So yeah, it, it, it is going to be paying him too to much money. How this paying him too much money for it not to go like that? You're right, 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 right. All right, um, another rehab that's uh, you know, moving along. Your man Zion Williamson has been cleared for contact, not full contact, in one-on-one workouts. 
Um, they said they're going to reevaluate him on the 24th, the day before Thanksgiving, to see where he is in that process. Now, there's a lot of pundits out there who seem to think, you know, Zion's thing might be farther along than what they're reporting. Um, it could be a case where Zion really wants out and, you know, he he, he might stretch this a little longer. Um, what say you? Because all I know is I'm tired of seeing, you know, because of Zion, not because of anything they've proven on the court, the Pelicans get a ton of national televised games now. So I'm really tired you, of seeing the Pelicans tired, on national TV with no Zion, no Brandon Ingram. Like, is his, um, name, is his name Brandon? Or did I make that up? Yeah, something like that. It don't matter. Because right, I'm used to call him Olive, I, I usually call him Olive Oil, so I don't even know his name. Mm-hmm. But, um, can I can I just can I share my theory about Young Bull with you? Yeah, do that. <clears throat> I think Young Bull wants out so bad that he allowed his weight to go, and I'm fearful for him because I I like him so much, and having some experience as a tremendously talented but somewhat rotund athlete myself. You don't want to go down that path, dog. Did you see him? A couple weeks ago, like how big he is, dog. Yeah. Now, when you say that, like, are you saying like, like he's sitting around like, yo, I'm gonna just gain some weight, or are you just saying he just doesn't care so much that, you know, that the weight is just collateral damage of not caring? Because I can't see him um, purposely saying, I'm gonna put on weight. Because, you know, if he has an ear or if he has anybody in his camp, he has a real doctor, a real trainer that actually cares about him, then he would have heard and he would know all the things that we've heard and all the things that we know. His body type and what he does will not afford him a long career if he always has to come down on that kind of weight. He's a high-flying, explosive dude. He can't do that and be, you know, successful in the way that he could be successful with that kind of wear and tear that he's putting on his body. So I really can't see him doing it purposely. I can see it being a result of not caring, like, after Pelican, you know, I ain't going to just I think it's him not caring, but him not caring always leads to the same thing. Whether whether he intentionally gained the weight or he didn't intentionally gain the weight, him not caring leads him way over 300 pounds. Bruh. Y'all didn't think Bo would be stress eating. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. I don't know, man. I just know to it's a not, word, yes. It's not healthy for the type of player he is, man. His legs, his I mean, his knees, his feet. It's just not going to last under that kind of pounding. And it's already showing. I mean, he's, he's been injured. He missed, you know, <laughs> pretty much his, his rookie season. Uh, he's missing time now because of a foot injury. So it's like coming down on that. These problems are always going to be there unless he gets to a decent playing weight or unless he changes his style of play. But what is Zion Williamson? Because he hasn't been, frankly, he hasn't been around long enough to show us much else. So what is Zion Williamson if not an explosive athlete? Like, this this 
soon into his career, can he change his game from the high flyer and be successful? Or would that just put him in a bus jump shot? Does he have enough other skills? The jump shot that his fans love to say that he has, which he, he can shoot a little bit, it by far is not developed to a point where he can lose any athleticism and depend on that. He is a great passer, but he's not his the way he plays isn't such that you can say, Okay, great passer, we can move him to guard or we can move him nah. He's a great passer, but he is definitely a big dude. He needs to get that weight under control, man. He needs to get it under control, man. I know he wants out of there, but he can't just let himself go, man. Can't do it. Yeah, man, yeah, like, he definitely has to do something, man. Um, I remember coming into the league, Charles Barkley had these types of issues, um, but he had vets on his team that kind of whipped him into shape, mainly Moses Malone. They don't even have veterans in the NBA anymore. Right, right. there's no such thing as veterans. Like, you come right in and... and LeBron, everybody's there. You're the guy. (laughs) Oh, Brian, Brian got all his vets, and any coach that would tell him, you know, something that was for his own good, he got them up out of there. Um, and that's how it is these days. These young dudes run things as soon as they come in. So, like you said, there's no such thing as a vet. All right, so, yeah, Zion, get that together, homie, or it's not going to be a long career. We've talked about it before. So let's go to our quote of the week, man, our quote of the week says, sure, Steph can hit his wow bombs now, up 21, but look hard at his playoff resume and see how many times he's come up small in the clutch. Start with games 5, 6, and 7 of the 2016 finals when he helped choke away a 3-1 lead over Kyrie slash LeBron with five and seven, with games 5 and 7 at home. Um, a lot of people should know who this is because they – just because of the fact that this person said Kyrie's name before he said LeBron's name in that situation. <laughs> this is a quote from one Mr. Skip Bayless. Skip Baseless. Um, so he, he's basically, you know, he's pointing at Steph's playoff resume. Do you think there's any merit to that? Because I hear people say that sometimes. People do talk like, Steph is not the same player in the playoffs. And then, of course, they point to the to the fact that he's never won a finals MVP in the three times that they've won finals. Um, me, you know, I don't put as much weight on that because I think he could have, you know, arguably won, definitely could have won one of them. Um, I think he was in the running to win a second. Uh, even with KD doing what he did. But I think KD put his stamp on the series as far as the elimination games are concerned. I think that's what won it for him and and the time that I think was in question. But just because of the lack of these accolades, I think a lot of people might go a little overboard with Steph's playoff acumen. Do you agree with them, or do you think, you know, people might go overboard with that? All right. <laughs> Talking to myself all this time. My bad. The beat. So do you agree with that, or do you think uh, people go overboard with the Steph playoff narrative? Can y'all hear me? 
Well, I like that. Um, <laughs> I think that you are out of your effing mind if you watch basketball and you say stuff like that about Chef, Chef, Chef Curry. Wardell is the God's honest, period. And how many chips does he have? He has three? Three. Yeah, what are, y'all t- what are you talking about? What are you – who who said this? Who made this ridiculous comment? Well, this was Skip Bayless, but I I think Skip any disdain he has for Steph is just because Steph couldn't keep LeBron winless in Cleveland, so he hates LeBron so much. <laughs> if if you didn't help, he out hates his LeBron calls. so much. He hates people that can't stop LeBron. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. Right, so that that's pretty much where I see this coming from. But like I said, I mean, he made the quote, but I hear people talk like this all the time, as if Steph isn't the same, you know, player in the in the playoffs. And Skyview said in the chat room, like they triple team Steph in the playoffs and finals, and that's what people don't understand. Like they expect you to be the same or better, but they're not acknowledging the context and the fact that the defense isn't even the same. Um, once you get into that situation. I mean, the greats are supposed to overcome everything, but I just think the narrative is overplayed because Steph doesn't have playoff hardware, you know, besides the championships. But the fact that he's never won a, 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 a finals MVP, people really look at that and, and take that seriously. It means something. I can't take away or dismiss the meaning of a finals MVP, but in a lot of these situations, I think people – I think they lean on it too much. You know what I'm saying? Because a finals MVP doesn't make Andre Iguodala one of the greatest players of all time. I know this your man, but a finals MVP doesn't make Chauncey Billups one of the greatest players of all time. No, because I'm naming situations where teams had multiple guys who could have won it, but they had to give it to somebody, right? So they, you know, so they gave it to somebody. Um, I mean, you had situations even back in the Shaq and Kobe days where just as well, but Shaq made sure, Shaq knew that there was hardware involved in that. Like Shaq would coast, namely the 2001 playoffs, he'll coast the whole playoffs, let Kobe dominate, and then in the, in the because there's no MVP trophy for the Western Conference Finals or the Western Conference quarterfinals and all of that kind of stuff, but there is a trophy for Finals MVP. So Shaq kind of pushed you out the way, like, all right, little brother, it's my turn. <laughs> it's a trophy involved in this. And people really go for that narrative a lot. You know what I'm saying? So it, it really matters to a lot of people. And like I said, I can't dismiss the importance of it, but it also doesn't make other guys any less of a star because they don't have them, especially a guy like, you know, Steph Curry. So I kind of think it's ridiculous the, the, the way people talk about him and his playoff and finals acumen um, as well. Um, our quote of the, I'm sorry, our stat of the week. <laughs> our stat of the week is seven minutes and 21 seconds. Seven minutes and 21 seconds is the number of minutes played by Udonis Haslam the other night versus the Pelicans. Not only did he play seven minutes and 21 seconds, in this game, he's gotten into four games already this season. Like when he is on the Heat roster, Heat's roster year after year, 
we're kind of like, you know, why is Udonis Haslam like who who does he have dirt on? Why do they continue to give him a check, especially in the playing capacity? They can't just put this man on the on the coaching staff and call it a day. How surprised are you wasted, that this far in his career, when, you know, he was a fixture on the bench like six seasons ago, stealing money, that he's actually getting into games for seven and a half minutes? Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even know how to approach this topic because I've always been a little skeptical of his talent to begin with. I know he does he did the dirty work in his heyday and he was a decent rebounder and defender. But I'm like, why are you here, dude? Why are you here? What are you here for? What are we doing? He was trapped. So you saying he was trapped. So now like what is he now? Uh whatever's stuck on the bottom of the dumpster when they dump the trash. Um exactly. look, like to bring context to this stat and the reason we're even mentioning this, the fact that he's been in four games this season, he's averaging four point three minutes per game. In the past two seasons, prior to this season, he had only gotten into five games. He only played in one game last season. So two seasons ago they only so used this means, man four that times. That means the Heat are on the decline. They must be really trash. Well, no. I mean, the Heat have one of the better re- – well, they, they went on a little streak, but the Heat started out the season on fire. They were being considered by some as the best team in the league. Now, what I do know, because I don't know their circumstances, if there, any, if there is context to this, because I know a lot of teams are dealing with a rash of players not being there, the Sixers being one of them. Like, it's like the whole Sixers – starting five caught COVID behind each other um, in the past few weeks. So they went from being number one in the power rankings to like a five-game losing streak because, frankly, you can't win games without Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Matisse Steibel and, (laughs) you know, all the guys who've actually missed games for safety, uh, health and safety protocol. Now, I don't know if the Heat are going through anything similar and why they would actually need to use this dude that they've used for the same amount of games in the past two seasons that they've used him already this season. It's interesting. It's interesting enough for us to say something. Or maybe he's told them, this is definitely my last season, so whenever you can get me some spot minutes, maybe they're going to get him some spot minutes. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, dating back, the last time he played in – even a decent number of games was 2015-2016 when he played in 37. <laughs> After that, the next season he played in 16 games, then 14 games, then 10 games, then four games. Last season played in one goddamn game, and this season he's already been in four. Where are the bodies buried? Let my us man's making a million. My to... man, on one game in a season, my man's making a million dollars a game. He made one, I think he made one point two last season to play one to play three That's minutes in minimum. one game. He played he played so that 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 makes it even worse. Like we keep saying one game. This man played three minutes last season. <laughs> he played three minutes last season. He played three more minutes than I minute. did last season. Like <laughs> all right. 
I don't, I, I don't know what it is, man. But shout out to you, Donis Haslam, for whatever you're doing and whatever you know. Go get your money. <laughs> go get your money. That's all there is to it. All right, so we're gonna go to the uh, go to the phone lines real quick, man. Uh, we got the homie Tobias calling in from out in Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide and stampede Roll. damn bulls. Hey, we had a rough one last tonight. Blew a twenty point lead on the road. Hopefully they finish the road trip strong. But uh, but that's hey, that, pretty, you know, that's, that, that's that new success type stuff, you know, when a team you ain't lying, bro. Newly successful. Hey. They don't know how to be successful all the t- consistently, so they blow leads. Hey. You remember that's how you know Sixers have been doing it for the hey. last three seasons. Usually we'd be math- usually we'd be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs by now. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I hear these. Just I hear like, these like your Donis is usually mathematically eliminated from the lineup by now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Get this. I listen to this podcast. Of, God leave was talking to Rick Beaker. Like, well, I don't know the Bulls send me first round, second round. I'm thinking to myself, I really don't give a damn. Just make the playoffs. <laughs> you know, get bad that long. Who cares? Uh, you know, and I think that's I think that's what takes the jo- like these pundits take the joy out of stuff sometimes. It's like, look, if your team it's like even your Sixers start making the playoffs again all those tanking years, you're like, man, they should make the playoffs first and then build from that. Uh because you have to build the organization up first. Then you may be able to get that help in free agency. Hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, mm-hmm. and I just think people, championships aren't made quickly. Even Golden had to have their uh, baby step before they won the title that year. They, they got put out in the playoffs, and they won the next year. Now you think, I just think in sports, baby it's step, like man, that's Golden what they, State was boo-boo. Golden State was boo-boo my entire life to prepare for that run. After they traded Chris Webber, that was whack. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, like, even Steph Curry, I was telling a buddy of mine at work, I was like, dude, he loved talking about Clay. I'm like, dude, if Clay Thompson didn't play, if Draymond didn't play with Steph Curry, they won't be considered Hall of Famers. Let Clay Thompson go somewhere else. He'd be just a good shooter. But I said a great shooter. He's a nah, great shooter. I don't know about that now. I don't know because, about that. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think he'd be more than that, but I don't think Clay could be a number one on a successful team. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Be a number one. No, no, I don't think he'd be a one. He'd be a one D or maybe a two, but I think he would still be a hall, uh, an all star, and potential. Oh, oh, he'll be an all star, but like, but like Hall of Fame titles help you with that because I don't believe Bradley Beal is a number one because number one goes more beyond talent on a court. And uh, but that's okay, because I watch a couple of Wizards games. Your boy Dan Wade said he the captain. <laughs> no one surprised by that. Uh, okay, you, know, you know, you know, Spencer, you know Jimmy's boy Dumb Lady think he the best player in the league, so his confidence is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, he, he it, it's crazy. Fred Van Fleet. He's yeah, different with and, the um, confidence. But the one good thing about the league this year, they ain't that super team. And a lot of teams are interesting, which means, hey, you know, you got a lot of fan bases thinking they're in it, and a lot of teams, and, and like, and you got a lot of up and coming teams coming up with young players, and I think that's good for the league, also. Right. Oh, all right. So, what's going on this week? <laughs> we got Arkansas this week. Hey, we, we got bacon bits, uh, but the way this defense looks, and Bill O'Brien calling the plays. 
rumor has it, Bill O'Brien is in a running for the Virginia Tech job, and I hope Nick Saban writes him a letter of recommendation. So I have, <laughs> but uh, one thing, well, one thing I brought up, I, I, yeah, I posted in y'all page, and I was talking to someone, same guy. He loves Russell Wilson. I said, yes, he's good, but at the same time, in my opinion, he's overrated. And I'm like, but but the media likes him, so they would never criticize him. I say, dude, every time they let Russ cook, he burns down the damn kitchen. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, overrated. But, Russ overrated. Explain. I, I'm not I'm not positioned to that, but I just would like to hear your thoughts on how and like why he's overrated. They talk about him like he's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Yes, I'm giving Josh Allen props there. If I came around, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he give him like that. After the Legion of Boom, what has he done? Has he even made it to the conference title game? He only won like two or three playoff is games. Is that due to him or is that due to the talent moves on that team, though? But but hold on, but hold on, hold on. The games he won, you mean the one where the Blair Witch Project missed the, missed the kick, playing some scrub quarterbacks, but what I'm saying is that he never takes criticism. It's like the media loves him. I'm like, hey – He's gotcha, a good player, gotcha. but he ain't it. top five like everybody make him out. The media makes him out to be. So, so what you're saying it. is the media is desirous for to see a black quarterback successful. No oh, he's hard, Rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you mean the safe one, right? But, no, nah, it just shows where likability goes because he has not been the same guy the past couple of years. But he's still a good player. But I'm not saying he's top five like they make him out to be, because I think he's likable because he got that Super Bowl early, that early success. Just like I know it's a different level, but look at how the media hyped up Cam Newton. Still wait for that MVP season to come back. Meanwhile, ever since then, the dude been throwing skip passes off the ground. But they just, but they like him. They they they, they keep trying. They met his personality. I just think that's the same thing with Matthew Stafford. Every time I hear, don't get me wrong, the Lions organization stinks. But, damn it, can he get some responsibility? You mean to tell me that he can't will them into the playoffs every now and then? He had Megatron on the team and good weapons? You know, and so, and it's uh-huh. like now. And they're unless finally he can up and play linebacker, probably not. <laughs> yeah. And mind you, it's like, so that's what I'm saying. I think Russell's a good quarterback. I don't think he's one of the best. But they talk about him like he's one of the best. And mind you, he got two damn good receivers on the team now. And good running game. Now I know Pete Carroll stinks and, and I do believe he's not leaving Seattle because they'll probably fire Pete Carroll first. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. But I just uh the hot take media keeps saying that. But I just I just think that he's kinda like one of those players where he's a good player. But I think because of his likability yeah, yeah. they get overrated yeah. a bit. I, I I kind of can – I don't say I agree, but I see where, where you're coming from. Let me ask you this. There's 32 teams in the league. You can divide them by four, and let's say the top fourth is your elite. So that's eight guys that you can say are elite. Then you got your next eight, which I'd say are good. You got your next eight, which are average. And then you got your next eight that are the bottom stealing money. Would you put him in the top eight? Would you put him in Second the top eight? eight? I feel like second wow. eight. Top part of second okay. eight. Yeah, because okay. I see okay. some young guys I think are actually more talented. And, uh, but I think Russ is a good player because they keep talking about the offensive line. 
the dude hold the ball so long, you, you could track it with a sundown. No one ever talks about that with him. Because it's like, yeah. Breaking news. Just want to give a shout-out to oh, AB? Philadelphia Phillies' Bryce Harper on winning the National League MVP. Uh, too bad it didn't translate nice. into any playoffs or playoff success. <laughs> Crazy part about it is they choked in the last week of the season against the eventual champions. They had, you know, came out and won that series or swept that series. They would have made the playoffs, and you never know what can happen from there because I don't think anybody thought the Braves were going to win the 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 World Series, but here we are. Oh, so shout out to oh, Bryce Harper. But yeah, and the umpires gave the Braves that series over the Dodgers. But anyway, y'all heard about your boy <laughs> AB, right? Supposedly he had a fake vaccination card. Yeah, supposedly. the fake vax card. <laughs> so, so what? So what's worse, just lying about it like Aaron Rodgers, or actually, you know, showing a, a card that you got off the black market or wherever you got it from? <laughs> I think I, I think both I'm of them are like in the At least he respectfully tried to give you a card. Aaron Rodgers is yeah, I'm cool. I'm in, didn't even I'm immunized. Whatever he said. <laughs> but you know what though? But here's the crazy part about this, right? I believe just be a man and say you ain't taking it. Cause hey, is anyone talking about Kirk Cousins right now? Carson went for even crazy Cole Beasley. No, they just said it, did what they did, and they moved on. You follow the protocols. Well, well, I can see that in Aaron Rodgers' case. I can see. I can also see why AB would try something like this because he already knows his NFL career is not on solid footing. So he wasn't really trying to do anything purposely to upset anybody and put that in jeopardy. Um, but now he's gotten caught. So we'll see if he's expendable. Oh, oh by the way, um, here's a little insight on the Buccaneers, right? Bruce mm-hmm. Arians is like a cancer survivor. He's really been big on like following protocols of COVID. He's been he's been finding folks not wearing a mask. And what he doesn't like on road games, they come in on Saturday. They they don't leave a hotel. They it's like a business trip. Then they leave on Sunday. Don't hang around. That's how he's been doing it. So he's been on point about this. And so I wonder how it's going to end up with A.B. But my last thing is before I run, be also would like this one. I've been telling Bucks fans, Father Time's going to catch up to Tom Brady, and it's caught up to him. Uh, I hate to say <laughs> you it. think it's caught him? You don't think it's just I, a bad stretch? But no, what I said is that what happens is, it, it, like you remember what happened to Peyton Manning got there? He was, he was balling that thing, you know, he just went. And one thing they say when quarterbacks go, they start getting rid of that ball quick, like Ben Roethlisberger. And I noticed that against Washington. They don't want to take Mike them Evans, hits. Yeah, Mike Evans was open for deep passes. He was not standing in there even that extra half second to throw him the ball. And and so he kept checking down to Fournette. And I'm saying, okay, get another week or two, you're going to have questions. Because he, cause he, people keep talking, he can play these 50. No, he can't. He's not even supposed to be playing now. And he wasn't that great in the postseason last year. I'm being honest as a fan. <laughs> you know, but Shoot. when you win, I've no had, talks about that. I've had Mike Evans. This, this is when you notice these things, even in situations where, you know, I'm not doing, like, any film study or, or, or watching this for the show or anything like that. Of course, when you have people on your fantasy team, you notice certain things. So for the past two seasons, I've been noticing that, like, 
Mike Evans, he still gets his numbers because you just can't deny him. But Mike Evans with Tom Brady could also have, like, these Odell Beckham Jr. type complaints. Because for me, it always seems like when they get down low, the only bad pass Tom Brady throws is when he throws to Mike Evans. So he'll mm. throw a bad pass in the end zone yeah. and Evans miss him and then the next play throw a, a dart to Gronk or a dart to, to somebody else on the on the other side. And because what I what noticed Mike it Evans when he first came in. there too, but I was like Mike Evans is probably so excited to play with Tom Brady that he's not gonna complain about it. But I saw some frustration in him at the beginning of last season. So I wonder how he feels sometimes. You know, when he feels that Brady yeah. either misses him, nah, doesn't I, see him I, all together. I, I peeped, it. I, I peeped mm-hmm. it. Like, Tom Brady can put the ball deep occasionally, but it's not it, It's not the same. It's not the same throw as a Tom from a decade ago. And what Mike Evans does best. Not the same. Jump balls it, it is not what Tom Brady does best at this Jameis, point. Okay. The reason he loves – Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown don't give a give a where you get him the ball. If you want him to run deep, okay, cool. You want me to run routes, boss? Okay, cool. You want me to run screen plays? Cool. You want me to route middle of the field, dig routes? Cool. Like his route running is so good that he can get the ball anywhere on the available field. Anywhere on the field, right? I get you. He's available, so he's cool. We ain't going deep. No nine routes. Cool with me, boss. Whatever you need yeah. me to do, throw me the rock. I'm available. Mike Evans yep. ain't a route runner, so it, it, it it's not. not the same. And, and one thing, and I'll say this for a run. Gotta, I know yeah. B. Austin's oh, yeah. favorite quarterback. Question about B. Austin's quarterback. Was it Odell's fault that Baker Mayfield went to bed again last weekend? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Odell, two, two, let I mean, me, I don't two think anything two, was ever Odell's two fault. Two things can be true. The only one playing yeah, the blame two game things is can Odell. Be true. In his pop. Most importantly, Baker Mayfield ain't itch. Overrated. He's the great white hype and from, from his supporter side. And Odell Beckham, because of his diva personality, is an easy scapegoat. But Odell's dad put together a tape that was 100% right. Like, dude can still play. He can still route. He can still get open. Baker can't make the throws. He needs play action. He needs a dominant running game in order That's to thrive in the passing football. Yeah. And one, and one thing that I would say, like, real quick, but Devin cussed me out, they keep saying, well, what do you do? You know, pay Baker Mayfield. Who are you going to get? Know what I say? Figure it out. <laughs> you know, that's your job as a front office. You, you know, because a dude has five years to show you something. He's average. I know he's talking about market. But it doesn't mean you have to pay him Kirk Cousins money because Minnesota would dump him right now if that money wasn't killing them right now. Jared Goff, look what's happening to him. You know, so my thing is, if you don't feel comfortable about it, just figure it out and take the hit with a journeyman for a year or so and try to figure it out. Hey, give him a diesel contract and give it all to him in the signing bonus. You can cut him yeah, without exactly. messing up your cap later. <laughs> Yeah, and here's the thing. They thought we're gonna do. Okay, go on the market, Baker. Who's gonna pay you 35 on the market right now? Nobody. Nobody's even that desperate. But hey, you guys have a good one, man. All right, man. Appreciate your call. All right, brother. Also, appreciate Later, your support throughout the year. Roll time, be awesome. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> All right, man. We the got. Are free we now. got. 
We got a War Room superstar on the line. <laughs> Long time host of the show. It's like, no, we got we got the blueprint calling in, man. Like he he down south saving babies, so he couldn't be with us for episode six hundred. But you know, he got to call in and shout out his fans. What up, Blueprint? Yo, yo, what's up, brothers, man? I actually just touched down. In Philadelphia, man, I could smell the murder in the air, so I'm back home um, on my way to crib. Yo. You know what I'm saying? Yo. So, young <laughs> Dolph happened but... in Memphis, beloved. Yo, <laughs> Listen, my man. question is Memphis this, is though. A... If you can smell the yeah. murder in the air, what did you smell in the air when you got off the plane to where you was going? Oh, uh, like yo. a lot of, of sausage cooking? Yo, <laughs> smell a lot of sausage in Fake booties and fr- all kinds of fraud. <laughs> bad, bad, bad crazy, like, Yo, man, happy 600, man. Yo, 600 is insane, yo. Yeah, that's that's. Stabby said earlier, man. Like y'all be talking, like that is a lot of talking. Yo, like, we talk too much. 600. Yo, 600. And and like I yeah. explained to everybody when when we intro, like, and that's just this show. I mean, this is the one we did the most, but. We did a lot of talking on these airways. Like our mark has been made. Like if if God forbid something happened to us today, like times Montana block like three hundred, go back and just hear us talk trash <laughs> for the rest of eternity, or until Al Gore turns yeah. off the internet. So yeah, that's insane, bro. Six hundred is insane, yeah. yo. That's yeah, insane. It, it I'm surprised we made it to six hundred, considering how trash sports is. Hey man, Blue Break, congratulations, Dev, congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, brothers. Yeah, Yo, I don't right, know though. what y'all talking about tonight, Joe. We ain't talking about nothing tonight. We almost done. <laughs> uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. I swear, check it, man. Shout out, shout out everybody out, man. You know what I'm saying? 600 is crazy. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to your eight, fans on Christian Mingle, man. Yo, shout out to Farmers Only. Shout out to all of my OnlyFans. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, all right, man. We, nothing, we man. see you back here next y'all week. Six oh one, man. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. All right. No <laughs> doubt, man. Rest in peace, young dog. That's from the blueprint. The blueprint, everybody. Everybody just touched back down at, at home. <laughs> he said he could smell the murder in the air. No, that's crazy. Um, but but it's true though. It's true. All right, man, so uh, before we get into what happened while y'all were on the Grizz Nae, just make sure you guys check out our website at warroomsports.com if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics. You can dial the Digital Extreme Tech hotline. at number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler. Uh, you can also join us in the Bodyhood chat room. Brought to you by Bodyhood University and held down by Skyview and Neil on a weekly basis. So shout out to y'all. Appreciate all the support over the years from you guys as well. But uh, if you've always wanted to learn about how to make your money work for you in real estate, the stock market, precious metals, cryptocurrency, uh, even new digital assets such as NFTs, etc., then it's time to go back to school. It's time to enroll at Bodyhood University. We want all of our supporters to create wealth and leave a legacy for their families. So uh, War Room Sports has partnered with Bodyhood University to help you get started on your journey of learning to invest and possible financial freedom. Just go to our website, click on the Bodyhood logo at the bottom of our homepage or on our sponsors and partners page, 
to get started. Use the promo code WRS, all caps, WRS. I hope you can spell WRS. <laughs> You'll receive 15% off every course on the Buy the Hood site. It's not too late to secure your financial legacy, so do it now. But, of course, it's time to talk about what happened this week while y'all were on the grind, which is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, you can get one, a dynamic, professional, and most of all, an affordable one, Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and yes, financing options are available. Visit DigitalExtremeTech.com. We'll call 267-205-4203, and for those discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. All right, so what happened this week while y'all were on the, on the Grizz Naive? Man, B, did you see the footage that leaked of ex-NFL player Zach Stacy beating his, they're saying his ex-girlfriend, in front of their five-month-old son? Did you see this footage? If you have not, um, you need to look un, that un, up. Un, of course, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, I did. And one one thing about me, as I get older, the more sensitive to things like that I become. And I'm going to tell you exactly what struck a chord with me. Well, Domestic all, violence daughters, is. But. Develop, domestic hey, violence is terrible. Domestic violence is terrible. That violence towards that woman from a man like he was probably about 20 pounds over his playing weight, looks mm-hmm. like he's about 5'10", 5'11". I would put him at a, at a solid 235 to 245. And though he does not play anymore, he's – is it fair to say he's a world-class athlete? Still or close to it. I mean, I mean, close the, dude, to it, I mean. The, dude's 30, the dude's 30 years old, so he's not one of these guys that's, like, retired and in his 40s and 50s, and he's deteriorated. Like, he's 30. Yeah. So, in yeah. some I mean, realm, he's not, like, he's bad in yet. He's still strong. Yeah, like, so he's hitting a woman and tossing her around like a rag doll. Now, what bothered me the most, what bothered me the most was, A, his disregard for his child, the disregard for his child. And in this scrum of him whooping her ass, he bumped the crib or the little swing twice. My heart stopped twice. Was I offended? Did I feel it was terrible what he did to her? Absolutely. I get this, the feeling that this was not the first time. I get the feeling that she's used to this type of behavior and treatment. But what I stopped my heart? that, just listening to her reaction. Like, first of all, she, she's yeah. tough as nails, too. Because he's punching her. Yeah. He threw her up against the TV. And then, uh, you know, after she fell on the floor. And then she's after apologizing that, to him her. for whatever he did. She's apologizing to him for whatever she did to provoke him. Like what? And she's not even, and What's she's not even you, crying. Right? So I'm like, damn, she's tough as nails. But there's no way, like he needs his ass beat. No ifs, ands, yeah. or buts about it. But it yeah. was, it was kind of horrifying to see. It was ugly, man. It was hard. It was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. But I'm telling you, dog, that that baby in that room and that man, 
I, I just, dog, there's something about children. I can't take it. I cannot see right. children in harm's way. It, it, it does something to me. It makes me emotional. I'm just so, even in that situation, I'm so happy that nothing happened to the child. But then I will also say this. We don't know completely as a society and as human beings what the brain records and how early it begins recording it. So that violence will, could at some point have an impact on that child, even though the child's only five months old. So I feel for that child, man. Wow. My thought was, okay, like the only saving grace we can take out of this as far as the child is concerned, especially if, you know, he gets his comeuppance and, and she does the right thing and leaves this dude alone. Um, the only saving grace is the child is five months old. So, you know, if this is the last occurrence, he's not going to have memory of sitting there having to watch his dad beat on his mom like that. It happened. Like one day this video might resurface and he might see it one day. But if not, like at least that's not going to be ingrained into a child's memory. Because, you know, you know, that young, you're not going to remember something like that. That's the only thing I can think of. Only positive I can think of in this whole thing, man. Prayerfully. But, yeah, it, 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 it was crazy. And, and I think, dude, actually, because you're we talking about how, you know, close he is to still being an athlete, I think he might have played – in other leagues after the NFL. He so, did. You know, his last, not like his last he, contract yeah. was 2019 or 2020 right. play for the Memphis right. so, Express. So it's not like he left the NFL in 2015 and just sat around and didn't do nothing. So the dude's probably pretty much still in, like you said, world-class athlete shape. Um, I mean, in that type of shape or not, like you, you cannot put your hands – on a woman like that. Like, he just threw her around like she was some dude on the street. And it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So, you know. He right. He right, uh, and, and from what he I'm moving hearing, around like a rack, though. I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, or I don't know what the date on it is of this. But apparently, he hasn't been taken into custody yet. Now, I saw a headline, but I got to throw out there, I got to, you know, <laughs> Got to throw out the disclaimer that this headline was from Fox News, but they're saying he's on the run following this domestic violence incident. Um, you know, they said the, the police showed up allegedly two minutes after it happened. I mean, so maybe they were arguing before. Maybe the police were called before we saw what we saw. Anyway, they claim that the police showed up like two minutes later and he was already gone, so he hasn't been taken into custody yet. I don't know what the update on that is, but that's what they're reporting. Yeah, so, yeah, man. Um, I hope she gets the help that she needs, and, you know, I hope he gets what's coming to him, <laughs> whether that's within the, the scope of the law or whether she got some brothers out there, like the Jokic twins or something like that. Yo. All, all I'll say is I just hope justice is served. <laughs> right. That's However that may be. However that may be. All right. Um, what else? Michael Saravino, excuse me, Michael Saverino, Coach K's grandson, who is a player at Duke right now, was arrested and charged with DWI 
um, along with his teammate, Paolo Banchetto, who was charged with aiding and abetting a DWI. And the reason for this whole thing was um, Coach K's grandson was driving, you know, while impaired, but he was driving his teammate's car. So they're saying that the fact that you allowed him to drive your car and you allowed him to get behind the wheel, they're, they're charging him with aiding and abetting. But let me tell you this, B. I think the big part of this story is not even those details that I just gave you. The big part of this story for mm-hmm. me is how it was reported when I first saw it. When I first saw the headline, it said, um, pay, whatever his name is, Banchero was arrested for aiding and abetting a DUI. And then it was like a footnote in the story that Coach Cunt, Coach K's grandson was the actual person who got the DUI, DWI. You see what I'm saying? Wow. So, of course. Hit the headline about the minority dude, not the white dude who's the grandson of the big name coach who was actually driving and, you know, the actual one who was driving under the influence. So that that was a big takeaway I took from this. It It was very... Weird to see how it was. No, it wasn't weird. Reported. It wasn't so weird. How are you going to report? It was American. The, the, yeah, I mean, it definitely was. It was all American, but all American. Let's see if I can find that bars. <laughs> Let's see if I can find that. Uh, I can't find the one that 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 I said. I know where it is, but it's. I would have to scroll a long way up. On a on a chat. You know, now I understand that this dude is the better player, but that's still no reason to report this the way that they reported this. It's it's still it's, it's no reason. Like he possibly has an NBA future. Coach K's grandson does not. But but you but you just can't you can't talk about him being arrested and charged with aiding or abetting a DUI. And oh by the way, Coach K's grandson got a DUI. <laughs> oh, by the way, the one that actually committed the real crime. Right, uh, yeah. right. Right. So that, that's the part that I wanted to highlight about that, man. It's crazy. You know, America strikes again. All right, so, and the last thing that happened while y'all were on the Grizz Nye, <laughs> and people seem really up in arms about this, man. So the Staples Center will be renamed with a new naming rights deal to the arena starting on December 25th. And this is a $700 million deal by crypto.com. So the cryptocurrency app website um, is going to take over naming rights on Christmas, and it will be called crypto.com arena. And people in L.A. are up in arms. I even heard people that aren't Laker fans like, man, that's crazy. The Staples Center is iconic. But when you think about it, I'm like, what's iconic about Staples, like the office superstore? Like, there's nothing iconic about that. It's more so the about office, the what office they've done in the building. The office superstore that's on the way up out of here, by the way. Right, right. So it they can't, ain't gonna you be can't around. even afford naming rights right now. You can't keep calling something Staples Center. Staples can't even barely keep calling itself Staples. But But you know what? I don't think a lot of people understand naming rights. Like, they just – get used to calling calling it something. Of course it's they probably don't. people right now that's learning like, oh, it was called Staples Center because of Staples. 
I guarantee you there's people like that out there right now, B, that didn't even realize things. See, that's when things were more iconic, in my opinion, when they built arenas and you just named them. The Great Western Forum, the right. Spectrum. Like, those places right. were iconic. That's why Madison Square Garden is always going to be Madison Square Garden. Um, but, um, yeah, this is what happens when you jump into the corporate naming rights stuff because, you know, stuff is going to the highest bidder. And there's nothing really iconic about staples more so than what happened in that building, mainly what Kobe and Shaq was able to do since 1999 in that building, bringing five championships LeBron has bought a, a six, but it wasn't really done in that building since most of it was done in the bubble that season. But, you know, they started the season in that building. So it's more so of what what's happened there. If they win six, seven championships in the crypto.com arena, this generation of fans are going to be saying the same thing years from now when another high bidder comes and they change the name. So, y'all, you know, y'all just got to get used to it, man. We're in corporate times now. How many times has, has, you know, the joint in Philly been changed? Like, banks just eat banks, and that joint changes every time. Remember that joint oh, started oh, as four, the, five, what, the Core State Center, I think? Core States to Wachovia. Wachovia to first, Center. The first Union. First I think Union, it was Core State then to First Union to Wachovia, then to Wells Fargo. So it's like, hey. Then to the Fargo. <laughs> You're dealing with, with corporate, and that won't be the last, probably. You know, Wells Fargo going to merge with somebody, and then they're going to change it. So it, it is what it is, man. Um, but it's funny that something – because I'm not I, – I didn't come up with this word. People have been using the word iconic about Staples Center. And I know, you know, they've done some things. You know, they, they have Grammy award shows there. They have Michael Jackson's funeral there. I think they have Nipsey Hussle's funeral there, so the building has done some stuff. But I think what I think what's funny. Think about this: the what did those naming rights do, or what are they doing now to benefit Staples? Was it beneficial? When's the last time it could be valued as beneficial to them? Right, right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, for as much as Laker fans are saying that. Staples Center is iconic. How could they change the name? Did that shit make you go to Staples? Did you go buy something? Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, then the whole point of it didn't work. It was supposed to be high profile. They put it in a high profile place to drum up more business. And now they're in a position where, you know, they can't even afford to, to, to compete with the whole name and rights thing again. So. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. All right, man. So before we get out of here on this 600th, man, definitely got to tell you guys uh, what happened this date in sports history. But I got, I got, a, a, I got something I want to ask you around this as well. And I wish Jimmy was here for this because, you know, he has more of a personal stake in this question or in, you know, in this person than either of us do because. He actually met the man a couple of times, you know, sat with him, talked with him, learned about some of his stories, you know, had some interesting conversations with him. But um, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, 
This date in sports history brought to you by the Blueprints book, Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports books, same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, GOAT discussions, and all of that stuff, all the subjective information that people pass off as facts, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. That's an acronym. Smart people only read the sports. It's it's a mixture of uh, sports and hip-hop culture that'll keep you on the edge of your seat, keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special, and it'll put you down with some of the the slangs and the sayings that you might have heard here in the war room over the past 600 episodes. So uh, just go to sportsthebook.com, or you can get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Wherever you get it, just make sure you don't miss this movement. This movement's been going for a while, so, you know, jump on the bus at the next stop. All right, November 18th, 1970, Joe Frazier KOs Bob Foster, who the hell is that, in the second round in his first heavyweight title defense. So before I ask the question, we definitely like to give a big war room salute to Smoking Joe, Philly's own Smoking Joe, and, you know, to this historical moment in general. So here's my question to you, B, and I've been thinking about this for couple of months now. I think I started thinking about this mainly when I was watching the Ken Burns Muhammad Ali documentary that if you ha if you still haven't watched, man, you gotta watch that. Might be the greatest sports documentary ever done. I don't know if that's recency bias, but it was it was great. My question to you, B, being that and, and I wanted to pose it to all of us being that we're all Philadelphians we know Smoking Joe is Philly's own, even though he's originally from South Carolina. You know, he made his home in Philly, um, claimed Philly. In the pantheon of great heavyweights, is Smoking Joe mm. overrated? You knew that was coming, didn't you? Is Smoking mm. Joe overrated? I knew you now were going to I'm going to give you some context to why I'm asking the question. Yes, Smoking Joe only held the heavyweight title for a little less than three years. Right. Smoking Joe. Smoking Joe only had four successful title defenses. Now, the fact that one of those four was the biggest name you could have a title defense against, Muhammad Ali. That may speak volumes, and I and I really do think that it was the set, the, you know, the three three fight set with Muhammad Ali that puts Joe up with certain with those names because he actually had a rivalry with who we think is the greatest. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of greatness on his on his fight list on his record. Now, let me give you the names of his four successful title defenses. He won the title okay. in February, February 16th of 1970 against Jimmy Ellis. TKO'd him in, in five okay. rounds. Won the WBC and the okay. WBA. So this one that we're talking about today, November 18th, he did, his first defense was against Bob Foster. Can't really say I know his, his body of work. Um, that was he KO'd him in two. His next defense was against Muhammad Ali, but if you remember, this is you know after Muhammad Ali had to sit out, you know all of that time or whatever. 
All that so time, he beat yeah. Muhammad Ali in a 15-round decision, great fight, retained the title. Um, January of 72, he beat Terry Daniels, TKO in four rounds to retain the title. And May 25th of 72, he beat Ron Stander of Omaha, Nebraska, um, in Omaha, Nebraska, TKO in five. In 1973, in January, he lost the title in two rounds when George Foreman beat the heavenly bull and out of him. And, and, and that fight Right. So he never retained the belt after that. Like he fought Muhammad Ali in 74 when there was no belts involved because Muhammad Ali hadn't gotten it back yet, but he lost to Muhammad Ali in 12. And then in 75, he fought Muhammad Ali again for the, for the belts because Muhammad Ali had him and he lost in the TKO in, in round 14. After that, he lost his next fight and what's not talked about a lot. I think a lot of people, a lot of people like that first fight with Foreman was so devastating. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people forgot that they actually had a second fight after Muhammad Ali had, you know, beaten both of them. So they fought and it wasn't yeah. for a belt. And he lost again to George Foreman. So I give you all of that context to ask, like, am I tripping? Am I being blasphemous? Am I not being PSP for even entertaining the thought in my mind that Joe Frazier, as much as we love him and as much as he's etched in, in history, because mostly because of his set with Muhammad Ali, is it blasphemous for me to even entertain the thought that he might? not belong like his name might not belong in that pantheon of heavyweights I think Jimmy Jimmy going to try and verbally whoop your ass about this this. Um, (laughs) I'm going to ask him again next week I'm going to tell him what we were talking about yeah we got to do this again when all of us are um, I'm trying to debate whether I want to try and slide out on the 600th episode without answering this uh, just in case some of my relatives I mean mean, you can because if you want if you want, no, I can pose the question, that. and we can wait until Jimmy come back, and we can have a conversation about it. Just put it up earlier in the docket. You can go do whatever research you need to do for the week. Think about it. I, I'll give you some time. This is a hard question to, to just put somebody on the spot, especially somebody from Philly. Like, we got a statue of this man in Philly. Took long enough to get, but but now I'm sitting here thinking, like, it's meant just people to get this because, they, you know, the whole thing was like, y'all got a statue of a fake fighter. But you ain't got a statue of Joe Frazier? But, like, Joe Frazier... Joe really Frazier wasn't better than Rocky, is what they say. Like, like, but, no, but seriously, like, does Joe Frazier really deserve a statue? Like, I think if... Mm. I think the first fighter from Philly that probably should... Maybe. Maybe Joe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, is Joe Frazier kind of being remembered in history, like, on some Doug Williams-type stuff? Because yeah. because of what Doug Williams did and what he stands for, especially to us black people, everybody forgets the circumstances around that whole thing. Everybody forgets that Doug Williams was just the black Nick Foles before Nick Foles. He was a backup Yo, who got in. And that's honestly disrespectful <laughs> to Nick Foles because Nick Foles had a better career than Doug. Career, right. Because Doug, Doug Williams definitely lost his job by – was it like week he, four, he week lost six? His job, but for real, for real, Doug ain't never have a job even before that. 
No, no, no. I'm talking about Doug Williams after having a devastating Super Bowl game that he had. You know, yeah. they they came back into the next season like, okay, well, you did that. You're going to start. But he lost that by, like, week six. Um, yeah. But people forget, like, you know, he wasn't the starter of that team. He got in, had a couple of decent playoff games, and then had a devastating Super Bowl. Can't take that from him. First black quarterback to ever win it. So we're not taking that from him. I'm just thinking that people forget everything that surrounded that. And I think when we talk about Joe Frazier, we talk about his mm-hmm. legendary bouts with Muhammad Ali, but then we forget about the rest of his career being kind of mad. Not that he had a bad record or anything like that, but you can go mm-hmm. through the list. What was his record? There wasn't was a lot of record? fighters up there that you're going to know. His overall record was 32-4 and one, one draw, 27 knockouts. But then, that's why that's why I'm going to give you, you know, I'll give you a chance to, to do some research. You it. Then I want you to, I'm not I want you to go down right the now. list. I, I hear you, but yeah. I still want you to go down the list of the people he fought. Yeah. Then go down their list to see how good they may have been for anybody that you don't right. recall or, you know, don't know their body of work. It's a lot to this, and I'm, I'm going to do that as well, and, and, and we could talk about it a little longer. But your initial thought was, Joe, it might be a little bit overrated. Um, I apologize. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to the chat room to see if Skyview said anything. Uh, nah, he hasn't spoken up on it yet. Um, <laughs> Neil said this is a good cliffhanger question. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it till next week. I'm gonna tell Jimmy to listen to the end of the show so he can get the context behind why I'm asking this, and then we'll talk about it again next week. But I'm, I've been entertaining it for like a month, and I didn't want to say it to y'all because you know PSP man, Philly support Philly. But and it's not that I'm not being supportive. I'm just being honest with my with my thoughts, and I want to get some other mm-hmm. people's opinion, even if people don't agree with me. I'm going to start throwing it out there, and I'm going to ask people um, what they think about that. But, but yeah, True. do that research, True. B. Go down his yeah. list. Yeah. Go to, you know, the list around when he first won the belt in 1970. Look at his, mm-hmm. his title defenses and the fact that there weren't many. Um, and, and just think about it. If you think Joe belongs where he is in history, because from what Jimmy – says like a lot of their conversations I think I recall Jimmy saying like he kind of thinks that All about, he gets overlooked but I'm sitting here like yeah. do you deserve more props than you look. get because at this you point like, you might be getting too much props right yeah. alright man so you know before we get out of here man of course this this has been episode 600 you know we're not the, the same excited remember, remember we used to do like we used to have like episode 100 we got there and thought, like, whoa, that's a milestone. We had a lot of old yeah. guests, even some celebrities, call in and, and, and leave us a message for our, for our 100th episode. Uh, we didn't do that yeah. for 600. I don't think we did it for 500, 400, 300. We might do it next year for, for, for 700. Um, that's not yeah. even a year. That's more than a year. But we might do that for 700 because that's a, that's a crazy milestone if we hit it. Um, the way we've been feeling lately. Uh, 700 is in jeopardy. This might be our last milestone. But don't don't take this as if, you know, we're not going to be back next week, but we definitely want to thank everybody who's 
had a place who's been with us for any part of this this journey. Man, I can remember some of our early people, like when we had some regulars who we haven't heard from in years that, that brought up, who gave us the term Myra and, and stuff like that. Yay. That an interesting conversation, man. So shout out to everybody who has made a mark with us, made a mark with our program throughout the years. Again, shout out uh, to Neil and Skyview because they've been holding it down in the chat room by themselves for like the last two years or so. Uh, I remember a day, chat room used to be so crowded, but uh, people moved off. Of, I, the, the biggest part of this is since we've been on the air, B, we've watched We've watched on-demand take over the space. Like, people used to love mm-hmm. the live episode because they could chat with us and they could talk to us. But now everybody takes in the content on their own time. On-demand has taken over podcasting. It has taken over television. It's taken over pretty much everything. I mean, we listen to music on streaming services now. Like, we don't really have to sit on the radio and wait for your favorite song to come on. Everything is pretty much on-demand, so that's where we are. Like, we look at our numbers after the fact, and it's like, wow, after all these years, people are actually still listening to us, but they're listening to us when they feel like listening to us. Like, our live numbers have gone way down for what they used to be. But shout out to the people who still listen live, man. Um, thank you all for, for sticking with it. Really, the live people are y'all the reason that we're still on this particular platform. <laughs> we probably would have been ditched this platform that we record on, you know, if it wasn't for the, the, the phone number that's been the same throughout these 11 years and being able to call in and being able to jump in the chat room. So uh, we sacrifice for y'all. <laughs> but B, you got uh, anything to say to everybody you know before we get up out of here on this 600? No, oh, man, just just thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you to, to Dev Mack. Thank you to... Thank you, the Blueprint, brother. Jimmy Williams. Thank you to Doc Bay. Thank you to PJ. Thank you to to our loyal listeners, contributors, supporters. Man, we we wouldn't be what we are without y'all. And um, six hundred shows of content is no small milestone. Once exactly. a week, because in this time man, we, we watch a lot of in. people come and go. <laughs> Come and go, man. Our 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 podcasting career has been longer than most professionals that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So salute, man. When I'm out. That is crazy. Like, like we've actually watched people come into professional leagues and leave professional leagues while we've been doing this. All right, man. So I'll see you next week. B. Austin for uh, 601. We're going to see if we can hit another milestone here, but – Thank you, brothers and sisters. I'm just trying to get to a thousand, man. Six hundred briefing. I hear you in the war room. Thank you. Thank you. Like you said, again, (laughs) six hundred. It's been a pleasure to entertain you guys this long with our weekly shit talking. So shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, um, our group chat, and all the callers who call in to chop it up with us. Tune in next week, live right here on demand for 601 as we catch you up on all the important news, sports news of the week. And, you know, that's what's important to us. (laughs) So uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy college football, college hoops, NFL, NBA, NHL, whatever you're watching. Stay safe in these streets. Mask up. 
We'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts. No doubt. We love you. On WarRoomSports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at SportsToBook.com or WarRoomSports.com. So until next time, everybody, for the 600th time on this show and countless other times on all our other shows and platforms, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.